And hello again, everyone. Welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live here, brought to you by Coors Light, as always seen on Giants.com, taking care of us at the controls, the lovely Nicole Barros. To my left, my buddy, Paulie Dots, Paul Dottino. I'm Ross Salzberger, and you, the fans, are out there. Again, the number, as always, 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513, as we get ready for the Thanksgiving holiday weekend. Before we get going, uh, I want to remind everybody that if you subscribe to the Giants Audio Podcast, please make note that beginning December 1, which is right upon us. Sunday. Now, Sunday it is. Big Blue Kickoff Live will have its own dedicated podcast. That means you can begin subscribing now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or your favorite podcast platform. Again, December 1, as Paulie Dot says, this Sunday, Big Blue Kickoff Live will no uh, matter longer, will no matter longer, who, who wrote that, will no longer be available in the Giants audio podcast. Please subscribe to the Big Blue Kickoff Live podcast. You can still watch or listen to the show on Giants.com and the Giants app. That's not nice when they play with your script. No, it is not. It's, oh, it's my script? It's not your script? Well, you're the one who's got to oh, read it. Yeah, I'm reading it now. Anyway, <laughs> 201-939-4513 is the number. And uh, here we are. Uh, it's Tuesday. Cleaning out the cobwebs, getting ready for the um, Green Bay Packers. And with the Packers coming off of their embarrassment on national TV. Aaron Rodgers got... Hit 10 times and sacked five times it, in that game. It, it makes for, uh, you're going to get an angry pack coming into MetLife oh, yeah. Stadium on Sunday. But having said that, listen, uh, seven in a row is what it is. As our old friend Bill Parcells always said, you are what your record says you are. Two and nine is what it is. Um, you know, Paulie, watching the game, I, look, we hear coach, I call it coach speak, coach talk, coach chat or whatever, and almost till you're blue in the face. Yeah, execution, execution. If you don't execute, you don't, you know, you don't win. But my goodness, there was such a lack of execution um, that it, it, it really, I mean, this is the NFL. You're not on scholarship. It was a lack of execution, you know, every which way. I mean, there was a lack of execution on a simple swing pass to, um, look, I counted three early on. A simple swing pass that would have gone, if not for a mega gainer, uh, a touchdown, if not for a touchdown, a mega gainer to, uh, to um, Saquon. Mm -hmm. uh, there was, in fairness, in fairness to um, Sterling Shepard, there was a pass... Uh, down towards the sideline, uh, he w wide open would have been a big gainer. For whatever reason, I a miscommunication. He didn't turn around. He would have had a wide open field and, and uh, uh, area to catch the ball. That was two. Golden Tate. Not that it was the easiest catch, but it wasn't the hardest catch. Certainly, Golden Tate, uh, who you know made a great catch for a touchdown. But certainly Golden Tate made those. It was on a third down play. I think it was third and seven. You got to catch those balls. Aldra Grosas, three field goals, lack of execution. Uh, 
Zach Diasi, poor snap, lack of execution. I mean, I can talk of execution till you know, I'm blue in the face, big blue in the face, but I just saw a tremendous lack of execution. And I mean, this is the NFL. You got to make those plays. From top to bottom, it was uh, it was ugly. And now coming off of a game against a very beatable Chicago Bears team, which in my opinion is just a mediocre, half foot in, half foot out of the quicksand type of club, a team that quite honestly you have to beat. Uh, they now go up against a powerhouse Packers team, which as you said is coming off of a dreadful performance in San Francisco. I think the thing that, that troubles me right now, Russ, is that you know the Packers are looking at this as a get-right game. You know that. And they have every right to feel that way because there have been a number of teams that have used the Giants in similar fashion. And, you know, I'm not sure where the Giants are right now as a team because you got Tate now in concussion protocol, so that's another front-line player not going to be around, I'm sure, for the game. You've got Jabril Peppers with a transverse fracture in his back. Uh, I don't know what the odds are of, of him being able to play. So, you know, a team that is already reeling because of its own performance is now also more banged up and injured than it was a week ago. You know, Paulie... I'm not, I'm not sure what to expect. No, we, we've covered football long enough to know injuries are all part of the game. These but are I, real. But I have never seen... It's getting to the point where it's there's never a full again. I'm not making excuses, folks, but there's never a full complement of players on the field. If I can be fair about something here for just one second, and folks, I'm not disputing the fact that the Giants have played very poorly this year. It has been an ugly season. Okay, oh. that's a fact. No one's hiding from that. But if there's one thing, if there's one thing that that can be said that is truly a roll of the dice. It's that the Giants have gone through this entire season to this point, and it looks like they may even go through the entire 16 games without ever once having their fully loaded offense on the oh, field. Oh, no, they won't. Not once. They, they won't. And that's just incredible when you think about well, it. Well, it's also incredible when you think about it. I mean, again, it is what it is, and and – Coach Shermer, along with the players, all say next man up. You got to go next man up. But just because you say the next man up doesn't mean the next man up is not good as the guy before him. And, and you're talking about a situation. It's, yeah. Well, I'd, I'd have bet you a million bucks if you said to me that that would happen this year. I'd have bet you a million bucks and said there's no way. No. How are they all going to be missing at one time or another for the entire season. Tate makes the catch. That's crazy. Now, now he's out. I mean, uh, Jabril, the run back, then he, on, on the 40-yard the uh, punt return. And he's, I, it's just, it's, it's mind-boggling. And remember something, folks. Uh, in, in fairness to Daniel Jones, because I, I've said it before, I will say it again. I mean, for a young guy, yeah, there's been mistakes with the interceptions, Nonetheless, a couple of games. And as far as that fumble this past week, let me tell you, you get slammed in the back. I'm not putting that on 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 Daniel Jones, but th he is a guy. You know, young guys kind of sometimes hear footsteps. He is standing in there taking his lumps. I, I mean, he, he stands in, uh, you know, with 
all going wrong around him taking care of business, which is what he did on that fourth and 18 play. But uh, again, he has not had his full complement. And, you know, the Giants aren't good enough to fail to execute, especially when big plays are there. And that's what disturbed me watching the game. Again, Saquon, and then, you know, Saquon said, yeah, he got to be better than that. You're darn right Saquon's got to be better than that. Everybody's got to be better than that. You got to, that's that wasn't going up. You know, you and I were talking about, like, that's why we like Slayton so much. He goes up and grabs a ball, and he continues to excel. Um, he's He's been a real find this season. Uh, you you got to make plays. And they're just, you, you know, when they're there, you got to make those plays. You're not good enough where you can't take advantage of those moments. You know, one of the very few silver linings that you can find in this season for us, you never know everything there is to know about a rookie when you draft him. Mm. There are still a bunch of questions that you can't necessarily figure out when the guy comes fresh out of college. I will say we have learned one thing from all of the punishment that Daniel Jones has taken. The kid's tough. The kid can take it. Tougher than any, tougher than anybody could have expected. I mean, he's got the toughness, quite frankly, of a grizzled veteran. It's it's really amazing to look at the kind of punishment that he's taken. It's it was it's very similar to some of the seasons when Eli has been absolutely tossed around like a rag doll, and yet we all amazed sat there in amazement at Eli's resilience. And we continue to say how Daniel Jones is like a clone of Eli Manning. Well, it seems as though he has picked up the same resiliency that Eli had. Because, folks, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm down there on the sideline during road games. And I see some of these hits really close up. And I can hear some of them. And when these guys whacked his quarterback, there were moments when I was like, I'm not sure he's going to get up from this one. Or maybe he's going to be wobbly. Or maybe he's going to have to come out for, for a series or something. That's not the case. This kid gets up, and he understands that he's the quarterback. He's the leader. He's got to maintain a presence and a poise, just like Eli Manning has done for years and years and years. He comes back to the bench, sits down, talks to Coach Shula, talks to Eli Manning, and then he goes right back out there with his helmet the next time they need him to make a play. Russ, I have to tell you something. You can't, you cannot in any way, shape, or form when you draft a rookie know how resilient he is going to be because the beatings that you take in the pro game are different than the beatings you take in a college game. Far different. Right? And and I'll tell you something else. You talk about so much, you're talking about resiliency. Resiliency and guts. Yeah. Okay? And you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Resiliency and guts, folks, that is not something you can teach. Either you got it, or you don't. So you, check you, another box off for no, Daniel, no. right? You can you can teach protecting the ball, throwing in the right spots, a million and one things you can teach. Reading defense, you cannot teach guts and resiliency. Either you have it or you don't, and Daniel Jones doesn't. So as far as I'm concerned, he checks all the boxes. He he checks all the boxes. But as I said, he needs help. And, and you have to take advantage. You know, listen, we're talking about the past game. So, you know, I'm not looking to be down on anybody, but everybody, and they all know it. 
You heard him say it after the game, be it Saquon or anybody else. You have to go ahead and you have to go ahead and take advantage of the moments when they're there for you. The Giants just, they went into that game at, at, as a 2-8 and eight team. You're not good enough to not take advantage of those moments. You have to go ahead, and, and every opportunity you, you get, you have to make the most of it. And that, to me, was what I found you know frustrating watching the game. As far as Aldrich, listen, Paul, you and I sat in amazement last year because his rookie year was a tough one. They stuck with him. And he paid enormous dividends, solid as a rock last year. Mm -hmm. But you can see now, I mean, it's it's between his ears, you know. And the only way to get out of it is come up big. You, you know, it wasn't like he was missing a forty-yard. Uh, excuse me, it wasn't like he was missing a fifty-two or fifty-three-yard field goals. He was making. Well, there were forty, forty-two, mm -hmm. forty-three-yard field goals. Uh, it's just, and you could see, you know what? The score was seven nothing. Should have been ten nothing. It should have been thirteen nothing at the half. But but then when they go in, line up to make that field goal, which would have made it ten nothing, and you figure going at the half. Instead, he misses it. Bears get good field position, and then they go down. Fortunately, they didn't score the touchdown, so they get a field goal. So instead of it being like thirteen nothing or ten nothing, it's seven three, and the Bears are getting the ball in the second half to start, and you can almost feel, oh, yeah, 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 you know, what can go, it's Murphy's Law, what can go wrong is going wrong. Okay, but Russ, let me make something very clear, and I said this during Rosas' rookie season. He had struggled some as a rookie, we all know that, and again, I agree with you, I do think mentally right now he's got a roadblock he needs to oh, get over. It, it, listen, he's not the only one, that happens to kickers. Okay. It gets between their ears. Here's the good news, Okay. None of his missed field goals is going to cost the Giants a playoff spot. The Giants are having a bad season. If you're ever going to have a kicker who has a slumping season, this is the time to do it. When his kicks are not going to make the difference, whether or not you're a good team, a winning team, a postseason team, or not. You would hate to have him have this kind of season when the Giants are on the cusp of fighting for a playoff spot. You, you know what, Paul? I'm going to disagree with you. And the reason I'm going to... I, I get what you're saying. And it does clearly make sense. Work through it now while well, the team well, is well, not you, doing well. Yeah, work through it now. But the bottom line is, this team was 2-8 and eight going into the, uh, last week's game, this past Sunday's game. They needed a win, a win desperately. I don't care if they're playing for the playoffs. They're playing for pride. They're playing for futures. You got to go and take care of business. I'm not I, talking I'm, I'm, team so I'm here. Not, I'm not minimizing. I'm not talking team. You're, you're talking from a team angle. I'm talking from Rosas's angle. I'm strictly talking about the player. No, I'm talking about Rosas's angle. As far as the player job, is concerned. Your job on Sunday is to help your team win. Okay. And he hasn't been doing that. Okay. You understand the first snap in Chicago was rolling on the ground, right? Yeah. Okay. So that that's not on him. And I don't think the second snap was a great snap either. And, and I think Zach Diasi would tell you himself, he's had a very inconsistent season. I, I, I one that we're not, not One that we're not used to seeing. Paul, how many games in a row has Aldrich missed field goals? Oh, I know. I, that's I know. all I'm saying. I know. I, I well, mean, field it, goals are extra points. Uh, well, field, Here's the bottom yeah. line, though, okay? He, if, if he needs an entire offseason to clear his head and come back next July and then straighten things out, I'm okay with that. Now, 
I get it. It's a production league. If you want to, if you want to throw him overboard right now, that's your prerogative. No one's throwing him overboard, but but I'm saying it's between his ears, and they're not just going to say at the end of the season, go home and come back, and you know, l- l- you know, let's well, we all start over. Again. He'll be back in, well, in the springtime. You're going to have to during the spring workouts. He's going to have to show that he is some semblance of what he's supposed to be. Yeah, but again, insecurity sets in because you start thinking about well, your job and your, your career and your future. I would do what I could right now if it were me to try to reinforce the positives with him. Say, look, you've got a great leg. We know what you've done in the past. You were a Pro Bowl kicker, an automatic Robo kicker just a year ago. See, I think the problem with Rosas, much like they talk about cornerbacks in the NFL – if they give up a long pass play or a touchdown and they say you've got to forget about it on the next snap, how many times did Sam Madison tell us that? Right. Yeah, yeah. Right? He, Aldrich Rosas doesn't forget. What he misses, it seems to weigh on him. Yeah, well, exactly. And then he takes it with him into the next kick, and that's where it goes bad. What did I just say? It's between his ears. Right. So now what he's going to have to do over the course of the next month and then into the springtime is learn how to quickly forget. The kid was sensational last year. I have no doubt in his ability. If it were me, it would be a horrible mistake to give up on him. Well, again, that's how I feel. We're not talking. We're not saying giving up. But again, this is not scholarship. You're in there to win games, and you know it's the old thing. If if you can't do it, somebody else will. That's just the business. I'm not saying. I'm not even remotely suggesting that get rid of him. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. It's been a major problem this year. He's not remotely looked like the no. Aldrich Rosas from he is last not. year. He is not. 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's open up the phone lines. Let's go down to Atlanta and check in with Greg. Hello, Greg. How you doing today? You're on with Russ and Paul. Hey, how you guys doing? Hello. Good. How you doing, Greg? All right, all right. Good to hear from you guys. Um, I'm just calling in today, man, because... Uh, after watching that Chicago Bear game, and you know, the last time I called in, we spoke about shooting yourselves in the foot, uh-huh. and it's just it's just the same thing over and over, and it's starting to make me wonder: Is it the coaching, man? Is it, if it is the coaching, and we decide to make a change, I read something yesterday that made me sick on my stomach. It, it said something to the effect of: We are looking at Jason Garrett. Uh, you, you, you know what, Greg? Let, let, no, we'll, I'll, we'll have you continue, but let me tell you something. When I read that, I just shook my head. And, you know, teams losing, Giants are losing, uh, Cowboys are having their issues, and the nonsense is starting. That is BS. It's starting. That, that, it's is, BS. that is BS, okay? <laughs> Flush it down the I toilet. Agree. Okay? You know, I mean, you want to pull it out, go pull it out with a plunger. <laughs> that is nonsense. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, that's it's, nonsense, man. It that's is. It's it, disappointing it, it, to hear. It, it, it's just, I mean, it's ridiculous. It, it's just, yeah. all of a sudden, yeah, that, that's what the Giants are doing. We're looking at Jason Garrett in the middle of our season right now. It's its nonsense. I, I wouldn't even yes, go there. Now, you want to talk about the other stuff? You say shooting themselves in the foot. Well, if you heard me open up the show, I'm saying lack of execution. You, you watch the plays, you, you know, from Saquon to... to to, to Shep not turning mm-hmm. around on a play. I, I mean, I marked him down. Yep. The only other thing I want to say, guys, I'm wondering, like, Saquon isn't well. It's obvious. So I'm wondering, why don't the Giants just go to some two-back sets and put Gallman and 
Saquon back there. You can still use Saquon as a distraction to make the defense game plan for him, but give Garmin some balls and let him. I just I'm not understanding what's going on, guys. Maybe I could shed some light on that because I don't I don't know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have a problem with that at at this juncture. Listen, they got to. Tr- <laughs> you need some, as they say, vitamin W. You need some some wins, plain, plain and simple, by any means necessary, Greg. Yeah, you do. We do at this point. Mm-hmm. We do. And we cannot go into another season. Next year, like the three-year plan has to work. We got $100 million to spend almost. We got a very high draft pick, it seems, because we're not doing well this year. We got a cap on it and make a run. And the last thing I want to say is I've been noticing one thing, and maybe y'all guys, you know, can shed some light on this. And this is my last thing. I'll take the answer off the air. All right. And maybe I'm assessing this wrong. But to me, and we got a lot of money to spend next year. And you're going to have some characters that, that's available. That's not the best of characters, I understand. But I think the Giants do, like, we don't pick up guys because they made one mistake. you got to let a guy redeem himself. And, and we're going to have to pick up some guys that might not be the best characters, but they're excellent players. And I hope we do going to next season looking that way because it was players that I'm looking at and I'm, I'd be like, wow, why the Giants didn't get this guy? He got character issues. He got, well, we live in a world where everybody got character issues, or a lot of people have character issues. But it, we, we also live in a world where we should give some people a second chance. And it just bothers me to see these people go to other teams and the other team has success, and we could have got that person. Well, well I, will, I will answer you this way. Every guy is to be judged as an individual case. And the Giants, over the years, have given people second chances. Uh, you can talk about guys like Kerry Collins in the past or Christian Peter in the past, guys who had had some, some rough times. Uh, Will Hill was a safety out of Florida who got multiple chances by the Giants because they tried to help him out as a person. Certainly Lawrence Taylor got chances. Um, oh, the, Giant, yeah. the Giants' history is, is certainly to be reasonable, to not only give a guy another chance, but to try to help him as a person. Okay. Lawrence Taylor is a great example of a guy who off the field was really messed up. And he'll tell you that. And he will tell you how much he loves Bill Parcells. He loves Wellington Mara. How much he respected George Young. Because they didn't just try to get him right to be on the football field. They tried to get him right as a guy. And you know this too, Russ. The Giants did everything they could to get Lawrence Taylor right as a human being. Because that's the way this organization is. Now, after a while, if they can't get it right and the person continues to not be helped or doesn't help themselves, well, then you have to draw the line and say, that's enough. Right. You know, we've yeah, done everything I you agree. can for you. You need to help yourself and let us help you. And then if you can't, you can't, and you don't belong here. So I, I disagree with the statement that the Giants will automatically dismiss somebody and not give them a chance and not try to help them. I'm sorry. I have to disagree with that. Oh, okay, okay. I only maybe I'm being a little biased here because I, I I was thinking, and when I explain this story to people, and maybe I'm getting it wrong. The Plexico Burris thing, I remember he had a domestic violence, uh, not domestic violence. He had a domestic issue with his girlfriend, so he well, so he said no, so he missed the oh, practice. Oh, 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 hold on and a it, second. Plexico Burris huh? shot himself in the leg 
by accident. Yeah, I was, I was leading up to that. So he, what happened though? He he had a domestic dispute with his girlfriend, missed the practice, got suspended, and then didn't play. So he went out. And I was like, wow, maybe if they would have reached I, in. And look, I, I'm not, I'm not going to comment. Yeah, I'm not going to comment on an unverified story that you're referring yeah, to. Greg. But here's what I will say: You want to bring up Plexico Burris? How about the fact that the Giants supported him and tried to stand up for him? When he wound up then going to prison for the, the infraction, and after he got out, the Giants had him back for a workout and invited him to re-sign with the team. So let's oh, just... Dude, I didn't know that. Oh, he, they did. He was here. He was here. He wound up going to the Jets. Greg, but but we, they we, invited him back, and he didn't sign here. Greg, so, so let's be careful about how we, we, we characterize the organization. Thanks for the call, okay. Greg. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Yeah, Just we, want to set the record straight. Listen, uh, if you're really good, they're going to want to get you, okay? But I, I, I don't think that's a fair assessment. Well, they, we don't. This is not the little sisters of the poor. Like when you say you've got to give somebody a second chance. The, the bottom line is is a guy good enough or is he not good enough? And that's what they're going to make their assessment on. And then you look at the whole package, becomes risk reward. That's, that's what it becomes. Let's go to uh, Tom's been waiting on patiently in Pennsylvania. Hello, Tom. You're on with Russ and Paul. Tom, you there? Hello. Tom, going once. Tom, going twice. Tom, sold. You're off the air. All right. <laughs> Let's go to uh, Brooklyn and check in with Mystery. Hello, hey, Mystery. Hey, guys. Uh, You're on with hey, Russ guys, and Paul. How you doing Paul. today? Good. How you doing? I got to ask, which one of your relatives decided that Mystery was a good name? My mom. Really? I have I have three brothers also. So there's Mr. E, Mr. S, Mr. S, and Mr. C. I'm Mr. E. Mr. E. And it's spelled M-Y-S-T-E-R-E. Mystery. Very cool. Okay. Very cool. Thanks. Look, I didn't know if it was your dad or somebody else had input on this, but that's cool. No, but I like Paul's question to you. Which relative... I think you could have narrowed it down to mom and dad, couldn't you? Okay, well, he now told us. All right. Where in Brooklyn are you, it Mr. Was e? It was mom. Okay. Where, line, mom. <laughs> <laughs> where, where, where in Brooklyn are you? I'm in Park Slope. Okay, buddy. All right, what do you got for okay. us? Okay, so here's, you know, last, you know, normally when we talk, guys, everybody's complaining about this and complaining about that, and even me, I've been guilty of saying this the coaches or maybe it's not and I watched the games and then something dawned on me I'm watching these guys play and I understand something they all been playing football all their lives they know their positions they have the ability they became starters in junior high college and then they made the, the draft and then they made the NFL it's not these guys don't know it's not they, they don't have the ability they all do they're following a three-year plan they didn't create the plan they're following it Granted, but if I'm following a plan that someone else has laid out, then I have to do what they're telling me. Now, this is going to bring me back to my point, the coaching staff. I watched, in fact, last week I spoke with you guys. I said, remember, you constantly send Saquon up the middle, and the middle's not moving anybody. You're not surprising any defensive coordinators. But nobody's saying, let's send them to the outside. Let's do some misdirection. If you do it once or twice a game and then go back to your right up the middle, you're not going to put any intimidation on a defensive coordinator. Same thing with the offense, uh, defense. Defense is trying to get to the quarterback's year. You got, we watched Corey Ballantyne get burned like bacon the other day. 
did anybody, did they do anything to help them? It may have looked like it, but no. They kept going to it. They knew the Giants weren't going to make an adjustment. They weren't going to give him help. They weren't going to even take him out. They weren't going to coach him up on the sidelines. That's why they kept going to it. And this is what teams are doing. The guys aren't incapable of playing. They all have the ability. Yeah, you make a mistake here, you make a mistake there, fine. But if you're playing with an intrepid mentality because I'm trying to follow this three-year plan, coach has got us doing this, well, then you're not playing free and wild like you need to. My opinion is that the coaches, defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, and the head coach, they're the ones at this point right now, they're the ones that should be feeling the heat into this, and they're the ones that should be taking the task because, yeah, the players, they're not there. They're playing. They're getting the crap beat out of them. Daniel Jones is a rock, Well, but a solid rock. M- M- Mr. E, I, I, wouldn't dis- I wouldn't disagree with what you're saying, but when you say the heat should be on them, the heat is on them. No, 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 no one's saying the heat is not on them. The, the, mm-hmm. Trust me, the coaches know the heat. You're two and nine. The coaches' staff knows the heat is on them. It's got to be. Well, look at these guys. Look at when you see the mistakes, Rusty, that you made this list. You made the same list I did. I'm sitting there watching you guys. Go, oh no! Turn around, Shepard. He didn't. Well, Saquon, you don't drop passes. Well, oh my god! Yeah, yeah, How but now, now hold, mystery outside. Miss, miss, people talk about mystery. Hold on a second, though. The, the plays that you're talking about, the play, the, the the plays that you're talking about, that's just those are on the players. You got to yes. make those plays. I, I mean, you want to talk about other plays is one thing. I gave you three plays. I gave you three plays by not three good players, by three excellent grade A top flight players. Saquon, he has to catch that ball after the game. He flat. He he knew it. He, he, mm-hmm. That almost set the tone. Then, then the pass where um, uh, as you said, Shep didn't, Shep, turn Shep didn't turn around, wide open. Now, in fairness, maybe Shep, you know, his first game back, a little rusty in there. And then, you know, Tate, not that it was the easiest catch, but this is the NFL, and Golden Tate makes those kind of plays. It was a third and seven. You know, those keep drives going. It, that you, you yeah. have to, so it, on on those particular plays, as I mentioned, you said you had the list. I made the same list. Got to make those plays, bud. That's on a play. You're right, one hundred percent. They and like even on the Daniel Jones strips uh, fumble, Daniel James Jones stood there like a rock. You're right. How can you hold on to the ball when the Mack truck hits you in the square in the middle of the back? Amen. So. How does that how does that Mack truck get you in the back? Who was supposed to be blocking that Mack truck? Yep. That Mack truck got beat his corner, he beat his man like a redheaded stepchild. He just flew past him. He barely got a hand on him. That's unacceptable. Yeah, that's on the player. So if you're at this level and you're making these simple like you said, between the ear mistakes, and that's what I'm seeing. All of these between the ear mistakes, because these guys are more than capable. Well, the those, team, but those aren't. See, see, I'm going to disagree with you there, Mystery. Just I, I know where you said what you're saying, but mm-hmm. those aren't the, the three plays that we're talking about, with maybe the exception of um, Shep not turning around, but Tate not c- catching the ball, and and Saquon. Those weren't between the ears mistakes. Those were just lack of execution. It was right there to make the play, and they didn't. You know what I'm? Be- I, I agree. Be- I agree between with the, I agree between with the, the lack of execution. Between I, the ears is not thinking. Is supposed to say, "Hey, listen, simplicity. You can't run the ball till you catch it. Okay, and the guy can't catch the ball till you throw it to it. Okay, and the guy can't throw the ball if you don't block for him. Okay, and the guy can't run the ball if you don't open up a hole. All right, Brandon. 
All right, mystery. I agree with you guys. Hey, guys, listen, thanks again for having me. Have a great week and a good holiday. Okay? Happy, happy Thanksgiving, pal. You too. Thank you. Thank All you. All right. 201-939-4513 is the number. Again, this is Big Blue Kickoff Live, brought to you by Coors Light to enter to win the ultimate VIP game day experience, courtesy of who else but Coors Light. Simply text VIP to 90464 for more details. What do you think the turkeys are like up in Maine this time of year, Paul? Probably running for their dear lives. Yep. I mean, and, and, you know, knowing how upset Charlie is over the recent turn of events, I guarantee you he's chasing down these cook these turkeys one at a time. Aren't we, Charlie? Hey, the first Thanksgiving, you know what they actually served besides turkey? They served lobster. Well, there you go. Now, it, you know, is, is that in what I'm having for Thanksgiving. Good. I don't know about you guys. Good I'm for you. for you, Charlie. <laughs> What's hey, go- look. A lot of this, to me, is on the coaches and their play calling. I mean, when you have somebody, you know, Solder played a darn good game on Mac. He had one sack against him. He was alone on this guy the whole game. You know, sometimes you've got to help a guy, just like with Valentine. Sometimes you've got, and Shermer never helps anybody. You know, maybe once in a great while, but he doesn't help his players. He leaves them out there. He doesn't chip block 90% of the time. He should have helped Valentine when he was getting toasted, somehow get a safety to help. I mean, to me, that is coaching. And when you're, you know, have such great field position inside the 54 times, you've got to be able to score. And some of that is the play calling. Yes, some of it's execution. But I know darn well if Eli Manning was there playing, he knows defenses. He wouldn't have thrown a pass over to the right there when there was nobody out there to block. You know, he would have seen that, no, that play ain't going to work. I'm calling this out, and I'm going to do a different play. You know, and then another thing. How about when, you know, the punt thing, when when Jackrabbit had to go back there? We... Kyle Banks said it, too. He said, we could have brought out back our punt return team because they substituted. We, didn't ha- we had plenty of time. To- the referees would have put their hands on the ball because we were allowed by rule to bring in players that we could have brought in our whole punt return team. But what was it- where was it? What was Sherman doing? Looking in his play-calling card for the next series that he wasn't paying attention? What was the special team coach doing? We could have that was ridiculous. Somebody's got to be overseeing, you know, these type of things. And Shermer does not do that as a head coach. And it's on him because he is a head coach. Well, you know, Charlie, thanks for the call as always, my friend. And happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the lobster. I mean, it's the coaches, it's the players, it's everybody. I don't know what else to say. Top to bottom. You know, and, 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 and they're all saying it. I'm not <laughs> going to disagree with Carl Banks' assessment of the fourth down play uh, on the uh, the punt. Uh, Carl Banks did address it. I think uh, Howard Cross even may have addressed it on the television post-game show. Charlie has reiterated it. There's nothing to disagree with on that. And uh, as far as Charlie's earlier point, there's no question. Eli Manning, part of his value, as we try to tell people time and time and time again, are the hidden things that you don't necessarily see on the TV screen. 
one of them and one of the primary things that Eli Manning brought to the table was the ability to get out of a horrible play time and time and time again. Well, a guy who's in the league double-digit years, he's going to be able to do that because that's what is that's what experience teaches you. Yeah. Daniel Jones, for everything that he is, is a rookie. And there are going to be numerous plays every single Sunday that he's not going to have seen before and that he's not going to be able to get out of. That's any rookie. That's not necessarily Daniel Jones. That's any rookie. God bless Charlie, but as we know, Charlie has Eli Itis. He loves him. <laughs> and yeah, but his points valid. Well, well his yeah, points valid, Russ. And yeah. I'm not going to back away from it's, it. A veteran a, quarterback has a better chance of getting well, no, out of no a bad kidding. play than a rookie. But it, but he's, he's right. But he's not playing. So, so he's, that's he, he's not, is. so the reality is you can't deal with it because it is what it is. But the point is valid. Experienced quarterbacks have a better chance to get out of a bad play than a rookie. Well, that, that, that's, that's just that, true. That's not anything new, but the, the point being, the, the, the decision was made that your quarterback this year And so it's spilled it, milk, it, it, you got to move Jones. on. Exactly. I get it. I get it. Bob in Pennsylvania. Bob, how you doing? You're on with Russ and Paul. How you doing, guys? I actually, uh, I didn't pick up before. Uh, I didn't speak because I, you had said Tom from Pennsylvania, so I didn't realize I was on the air. All right. Well, then we apologize because it did say Tom. So <laughs> We All got right. you now. Right. Um, Maybe it's your clone, uh, okay? Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't want, first thing I don't want this to sound like is that I'm overreacting over two wins. It, it's not about the two wins because I'll look at this year in my mind, as as, uh, somewhat of a success because I do believe we found the quarterback. But I am deathly afraid that they will not make a coaching change next year. I was going to bring up the point Charlie brought up about how he was, uh, once again, he dropped the ball. He wasn't aware that he could have sent back the punt team. But how about that he calls timeouts? With four or five minutes to go. Oh, I didn't have a problem with that. I didn't have a problem. Well, you, why not? Yeah, but Russ, you take out, you, you take the two-minute warning out of the equation. He got lucky that it worked for him. Well, but yeah, but but, you, but it's worked a couple of times. We're put him back in a chance. I mean, that's, that, that's not the right move. And he is rich coat tight league. Uh, I'm I, telling you. Okay. Now, I, I, I know you're going to say it's because I'm overreacting with two wins, but he is. He doesn't make any adjustments. We're not ready. We come out of the gate flat. He, he's, it's all coaching. He's not just responsible for that play sheet in front of him. He's responsible for the whole team. And I don't see one bit of evidence that he's got a handle on the whole team. And I got to root for him to lose because I can't. Well, they're only going to win one more game. Bob, at, at Bob, Bob they're not, not going to beat my. All right, Bob. Bob, some, thank you for the call. But you know, when you start telling me you got to root for somebody to lose, I'm sorry, that's not a good situation. You, you know, when you're rooting for somebody to lose, then I got to question you as a fan. That that's just me. Uh, let's go to Connecticut. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three is the number. Let's check in with Jay in Connecticut. Jay, you're on with Russ and Paul. Hi guys, how you doing today? Hello. How you doing? Hey Paulie, I got a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, th- you think the Giants made a mistake letting Brett Jones go versus the Hal Po thing? Well, I, I was know, ve- I, I was a Brett Jones Brett fan. Jones. He was like a lineman's quarterback. There, his hands would be flying. He'd be pointing. He'd be doing. I don't see this from Hal Po. And I always saw Brett Jones a little bit downfield fighting somebody, where Jalapeno's in the 
backfield fighting somebody off. What are your thoughts on that? I was a Brett Jones fan, and uh, I was very disappointed when the Giants traded Brett Jones to Minnesota. I will tell you he hasn't started a bunch of games for them. Uh, now, having said that, uh, I've been also very vocal here that I thought Spencer Pulley played a terrific non-game stretch last year in the second half of the season. The results were pretty clear. I think the Giants averaged 110 yards a game rushing when Pulley was the starting center. Now, he only got one chance to play this year. It was against the Jets, and he had a poor game. I, I, I won't walk away from that. He had a poor game, but it was his one chance. Um, well, that's understandable. I happen to like Spencer Pulley and, and, think, and think that after the year he had with the Chargers and then what he showed with the Giants, I would like to see him get more of an opportunity to produce as he did in 2018. That would be my only take on that. Uh, Brett Jones is water under the bridge, as Russ said. When a deal's made, a move is made, it's done, it's done. You can't get it back. I do understand though, that Brett Jones, for, for all that he was, he's obviously a guy that the Vikings wanted, and they were willing to part with a draft pick for him, and the Giants were very happy to take a draft pick because Dave Gettleman was in a mode of collecting as many picks as he could get. I don't think they were going to get a draft pick for Jalapeno, but but Jones, on the other hand, is a guy the Vikings wanted, and they were willing to pay for him. So given that situation, I guess I understand but I will tell you, I was a Brett Jones fan, and I won't walk away from that either. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Ken. All right. You're welcome. All right, Jay. Thank thanks, you. 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's go uh, closer. Let's go to Manhattan and check in with Antonio. Hello, Antonio. You're on with Russ and Paul. Hey, Russ and Paul. How you guys doing? Happy holidays. You Happy too. Happy holidays to you and yours, my friend. Thank you. So uh, we have what I thought was going to happen with Leonard Williams, where Leonard Williams is getting pressures, but he's not producing the sacks that pretty much what we brought him in here for. I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. We wanted numbers because we were getting pressures and other things from B.J. Hill. So now we're stuck with Leonard Williams, and we gave the Jets a top five third-round pick. And my opinion, we're probably going to have to franchise Leonard Williams. Why? Because if I'm his agent... I'm saying right now, you got to give us a ludicrous contract or we're walking out. And Gettleman has to pay him or has to keep him here somehow or else it looks really bad on him. Well, but Antonio, uh, Antonio, says, Antonio you're, you're also saying, oh, uh, uh, listen, uh, they, they, I'm sure that they brought him in planning on paying him for the future. But you, you, you just made the comment. You brought him in to get sacks. I mean, he's played two games with, with three. The Gi- oh, is it three? Three. Oh, yeah. Three. It's, it's three. And hasn't done anything different than B.J. Hill. Well, in the three games he's played, he's got one hit on the quarterback, four hits on the quarterback, and one hit on the quarterback. So he has had at least one quarterback hit in all three games, a total of six over three games, and he's only playing roughly 60-something percent of the snaps. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I think Leonard Williams has been effective. I like him, and and I and right. I think he's but doing a good to job. Pay him, to pay him what he's going to want. I mean, I, this is what I think is going to happen. I think he's going to get franchised by us, franchise tag. The reason is because the numbers are not going to going to validate the amount of money that his agent is going to want, and then just so we won't look bad, we'll franchise him because otherwise, if we just gave him a third round pick for a rental. 
that's not going to make sense. And that's just my opinion. Um, guys, you guys have happy Thanksgiving. Have a great one. You too, Antonio. Okay. Happy and healthy one to you and yours. Let, let me make something very clear. Uh, the Giants, if they decide to franchise tag Leonard Williams, and I don't know that they will, but if they do, and I, I'm not even going to validate how I feel about that, I would say this. If they do it, it's not because they're worried about looking bad. It's because they think he is a good, young, productive player who can help be part of the solution. They're not, Dave Gettleman doesn't care about image, okay? And you know that, Russ. Dave Gettleman is going to go with his plan, and he's not going to give two hoots about what anybody oh, outside the building that, thinks. That goes, he's not. That goes without question. Right? I mean, and, and quite frankly, in this situation, that's how you have to, your attitude, whether you or me or anybody out there likes it or not, that's the attitude you have to take. The outside noise is irrelevant in this particular case. You've got to try to fix this thing, and it doesn't matter how many people say boo. Uh, since we're talking about sacks or rushes, uh, I'll, I'll tell you, one pickup that was a hell of a pickup is Marcus Golden. I mean, again, yeah. showing it last week, and he, he had one sack taken away because he of, did. Uh, what was it, the Janoris? A uh, very weak uh, holding yeah, call. Very, it was a very weak holding call. But, very uh, weak. But I got to tell you, Marcus is playing his keister off, and he plays hard all the he time. He really does. Yeah. And many times, because his hand is in the dirt, he's in a mismatch against a 300-pound lineman. Yeah, yeah, no. And he's still giving everything he's got. Very, very I, much. I'm a real big fan of this guy. I, Big-time fan. I, I, You know, I didn't know him before he got here personally, but I'll tell you what. And um, besides giving it, he's the whole package on and off the field. He's a, a terrific, Good guy. terrific guy yeah. and a hell of a player. Uh, let's go down to Atlanta and check in with Jay. Hello, Jay. Happy holidays. You're on with Russ and Paul. Russ, what's going on, fellas? What's Hello. Up, Jay? Yeah, yeah, man. I'm just... I just took some time to, like, I haven't listened to y'all in a while because I've been busy a lot. I've been um, been tuning in, but I don't want to repeat what you guys have been saying. But I've just been, you know, dissecting the Giants for a little bit, you know, just to try, to try to stay optimistic. And I've just been, like, thinking, like, it's really just a turnover because we have came from a regime of, like, you know, the, the GMs haven't done the greatest job. I'm talking about Reese. Um, we've had Coach Toff, Coach Coffin, I feel like he kind of, like, you know, filled in the spots where Jerry Reese wasn't that great at, and he made a rock out of it, and we came out with a couple of championships. And now it's a whole different regime we're in now. So as Giants fans, we kind of have to be patient and kind of have to just, you know, soak it all in and just be patient and just kind of run with the punches. Because you guys said, you guys told me, you guys said something the other day that kind of resonated with me. You guys said that um, we lead the league in snaps by first by rookies. players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. by far, and that and that that says a whole lot if you think about it, because it's the small plays that sometimes that takes us out of games. Like we're right there in every game. It it, it, com- it have- Jay, it comes with believe me. You just said a mouthful, but it comes with yeah. growing pains. It comes with an upset stomach. It comes with agita. But but that's the right. thing, you know. An, another rookie. Jay, that had a chance to play, who's the youngest player on the team, waiting for an opportunity. Paulie, you interviewed him on the field uh, after the game, got his opportunity for extensive play, and extended play, and quite frankly, played pretty darn well, was Julian Love Mm -hmm. out of Notre Dame. You know, think about this for a second. It's not just the Giants have the most rookie snaps of any team in the NFL by far, but think of how many of them have come in the secondary. Beal, Baker, now, love, 
I mean, all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute, add up all those secondary rookie snaps, and where's the one place on the field that when you make a mistake, you absolutely fry (laughs) the secondary? And, 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 Jay, what do they tell you? Other than the quarterback, hardest positions to play. It's cornerback. Amen. That's, because and, and you you pay you pay big time. True. You you you're you're on an island and you have the best quarterbacks in the world throwing accurate passes to to wide receivers who are running you know <laughs> four three speeds. And but I have a quick question. Um, will you guys? Because I, another thing, I feel like our roster is not really as strong as we actually think. You know, we do have rookies that are great. Not not great, but you know that are ascending. And we have a few veterans, but if you look at our uh, our roster totality, I don't really think it's actually that that great. So my question was, would you think players like Marcus Golden will fit in like our 2011 championship team, or even our 2007 championship team? You know, we have Kuanuka, we have all those guys back there. Who do you think he'll fit in on one of those rosters? Uh, I, I don't. Right well, now he's our. He's, right now he's our best. He's our best defender. If he, if you really want to argue with it, he's really our best defender. So well, do you think he'll fit? Well, Jay, I, I, I mean, why are you going back? I'm not. Eight, I'm not years. sure. I get yeah, the, I don't the, what, the question. Point of like our roster is really not up to par as we think it really is. It's kind of my well, well, was, well, was was anybody foolish enough to think that this year's roster was a Super Bowl team yeah. like you're comparing it to? I mean, to be, just to be fair, if you want to compare the roster to where you think the Giants should be, compare them to a fringe wildcard team if you want to, because you'd like to think that's where this roster is going to ascend to. To compare them to a Super Bowl champion, that makes no sense. I mean, you, because number yeah. one, you talk, you go on. I mean, think about it for a second, Jay. I understand your questioning, but think about it for a second. Yeah. You're talking about yeah. a team. That's in its second year of major changes, rebuilding, bunch of people in there. And then you have, um, as Paul said, you're comparing it to a team that went to the Super Bowl with, with Super Bowl right. talent. So you, you can't make that comparison. And, and, and let's not diminish what Marcus Golden is as a player and what he's done this year. Oh, I love Golden, yeah. Okay, so I and, and I also, I also, I'm going to disagree with you. I don't think everybody's thinking th- this roster is the greatest roster, especially depth-wise, because yeah. you, you're doing, you've made major changes. You're going with kids. So th- the depth is also in youth. You follow what I'm saying? So I, I don't yeah, think, yeah, sure. as Paul said, you, I don't think you can make that comparison to, to a team at this stage and to what who went to the Super Bowl. But thanks for the call, Jay. Right. Have yourself a very happy Thanksgiving, you and your family. Am I right? I, I, you know, I, I get what he was trying In to context, do. In context, you can't do it. No, it, it, it's it like, doesn't make sense. You know, you're talking to a team that's won a championship, to a team that's trying to get out of the doldrums. I mean, it, it's a big difference. 201-939-4513 is the number. Got a few lines open before we call it a day. Uh, let's go to the Windy City of Chicago and check in with Mark. Hello, Mark. You're on with Russ and Paul. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. How you Hi. Doing? I just wanted to react to a couple of things that were brought up in the show. First of all, on that Brett Jones trade, I think that we got Chris Slayton on, with that draft pick who's on the practice squad. So in my opinion, you gave up a guy that was a starter or – close to being a starter, and you got a guy that's on the practice squad 
who plays defensive tackle where we're overloaded. So, you know, in my mind, that's yeah, I'm not so sure about that trade. Okay. Well, that's, but that's always hindsight, Mark. What you have to do at the time of the trade, you have to weigh the logic, and you have to say, okay, where are the positives, where are the negatives? Anybody can, in hindsight, say, well, that was good or that was bad. You have right. to say, how did you feel at the time? At the time, I cringed because I liked the player. Okay, so I was not really thrilled about it. But I also understood that adding draft capital for a team that was in that situation at that point on the calendar made sense. So, you know, I was like, all right, I can agree to disagree on this. I'm not thrilled, but I, I understand it. Right. And that's, and that's, right. see, right. that's the thing that people have to do. Go back and reverse the calendar and say, at that point, where was the logic? It's easy to second guess after the fact. That, that, that the Monday morning quarterback thing never washes with me. I will, not, I will well, never, ever do it, and I won't accept it. I'm not trying to second guess so much you know, the player as much as, and maybe I didn't express it right, it was really what you got, a seventh-round draft pick, which really, when you look at capital, I'm not sure how much capital that is. And that's, that's just my opinion. Um, okay. The other point I wanted to bring up, and this goes back to the whole timeout thing that Charlie brought up, I agree with him quite a bit. Um, to me, I was at the game on Sunday, and he took the first timeout with like four minutes to go, mm-hmm. and I sort of cringed. I'm like, you're giving up your timeouts now, you're going to you know, hopefully stop them, and you're not sure, and you're going to use up all three timeouts in a matter of 30 seconds. You've got a whole other you know, minute to two minutes, to, minute and a half to two minutes to play. You don't have any timeouts. What if you want to do a challenge? Let's say something egregious happens and you want to do a challenge. You're out of luck. And if, I'll give you a practical example, and this happened last week when uh, the Eagles played the Cowboys. It was almost exactly the same situation, and Peterson down in uh, or Peterson down in uh, Peterson. Philly kept his timeouts, and they almost won that game on exactly the same play that we scored on to Golden Tate at the end of the game. Right. So, mm-hmm. I think I, I would hope he would call Peterson up and say, "Hey, how can I manage my timeouts better?" And I'm being facetious on that. I just don't like it. All and right, that's well, my opinion. Okay, Mark. Thanks for the call. Pre- appreciate it. I, I just think it, it's, uh, y- you know, it's it's you kind of go with your gut on that. Uh, um, I don't know that there's a right or a ro- wrong way. When it works, it's always great. When it doesn't work, it's a problem. Russ, in the interest of being complete with the information, Brett Jones, in the two years he's been with Minnesota, last year started three games, played in fourteen, but only. 18% of the snaps, 191 snaps over the course of the season. So he has barely played for them, and this year has only made appearances in two games, and according to the snap count, zero snaps, which says to me he was probably only in for special teams. So if you do want to play the second-guess game, which I don't, right. Brett Jones hasn't exactly given the Vikings any value either. Two zero one. Well, we got time for one more. Let's wrap things up with our buddy Coach Marv in Delaware. Hello, Coach. How are you? I'm okay. Happy Thanksgiving, bro. You too, Coach. Happy Thanksgiving, Coach. We got a couple of minutes, so we'll wrap yeah. it up with you, buddy. Yeah, I only got a few minutes. There ain't much to talk about this year. But uh, as far as the the people criticize, I didn't see the game because it wasn't on here. But uh, when you're criticizing coaches, that doesn't make you right or it doesn't make you wrong. It's an opinion. But that's the tough thing about being a coach is that you can never be right unless you're right. Um, people <laughs> are always 
people always question anything you do. Of course. Uh, it doesn't work. You, you know, you, you become the uh, scapegoat. So it's, it's tough really to coach at any level, um, not alone the NFL. Um, so um, me, I'm not going to say he's wrong, but I hold on to my um, um, timeout. That's normally what I do, but situations put you in different um, circumstances sometimes and you, you start thinking out uh, what you should do and then you start trying to create something. So maybe that's why he called it the timeouts with four minutes or whatever it was. And, um, you know, I'm not going to judge him on that because, like I said, if he, like you guys said, if he if it turned out right and they ended up winning the game, he'd have been a genius for doing it. So, um, And my other statement was uh, people uh, talking about the roster – I said. I think Paul heard me say this before. Um, I think it's 2021-2022. Uh, I'm looking for for this team. They're still building it. You got to give them a couple of years. I talked to someone. They actually heard me on the radio, and I met them out in um, South Jersey. Yeah. And I, they was concerned about the um, the team. And I said, you know, it's a young team. I, you know, I tried to encourage them. It's a young team. And I did say 2021-2022. You should really see difference in this team. Not that that's what you're looking for. You're looking for them to keep building and competing every year. But uh, I, I'm, I'm looking for that 2021. That's the year I'm looking well, for. Well, before we get to 2021, we got to finish 2019 and then especially see some improvement in uh, 2020. But let, right. let, let's, and Coach Marv, uh, what you say? <laughs> what, what was the expression? You, even if you're right, you're not right? As a coach, yep. yeah. amen, well, amen no, to that. You're, you're only right when you're right. Yeah, you're only right you're, when you're, you're right. You know what, Coach Marvin? I, I really wish, and, and, and what you just said is so incredibly intelligent because what happens is everybody wants to be the second guesser and the Monday morning quarterback. The problem is the public for the most part, and certainly the writers and the experts, they don't first guess, and that's what coaches have to do. You first guess because you're in the heat of the battle and you've got to make a decision. Everybody else wants to have the luxury of then making a judgment after the whole thing has occurred. And that's what you can't do. Anybody worth their grain of salt and anybody who you respect and you want to you wanna give any credence to needs to be able to first guess and say, look, while the coach was making this decision, this is what I thought his options were. This is what I thought was logical. Look, I've been on this program a hundred times, thousands of times even, and said, look, I would have first guessed this, and this is why, and if it didn't turn out that way, fine, so be it. But you got to base it on the facts at the time the play or the incident happened. This second-guessing Monday morning quarterback stuff is garbage. All right, Coach Marv. And you know it, Marv. Thanks. Have yourself a happy Thanksgiving, you and your family, my friend. You there, Marv? Okay, guess Coach, coach left. But okay. Now, it, 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 listen, it is what it is. It, it's like I'm laughing today. I'm reading... You know, some of the comments are like, got to be tougher on, on um, uh, Daniel Jones or maybe be, being too nice about it. The same people, these are the same people that were screaming they wanted Daniel Jones and didn't want Eli. It, it, it's, he's right. The coach is not right ever unless he's right. Amen to that. Anyway, that is a wrap on today, folks. 
Uh, we got one more day before, at least I do, before Thanksgiving. Our thanks to Nicole Barrows for taking care of us at the controls. To my good buddy here, Paul Dottino. I'm Ross Salzberg. And always thanks to you people, because without you people, uh, we'd have nobody here to be talking to. For those of you who won't be back here with us tomorrow, a happy and healthy Thanksgiving to you and your families. To the rest of you who will be back here tomorrow, I will see you then at 1.30.